Welcome to the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of Brian, your host, and his guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested. So please, consume at your own risk. Now, here's Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, welcome back to the show. My guest today is Jordan Duckett. He's a mortgage loan officer with Security National Mortgage in Lehigh, Utah. He's with us today to talk about the housing market in a simplified way so one can actually understand it and why the Utah housing market isn't as dark as the media might make you think. So he's sort of our in-house mortgage whisperer. So get your pencils and calculators out and follow along, kids. It's going to be fun. Welcome, Jordan. Thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, of course. Uh, Happy to be here. I wanted to have you on because people are rightfully nervous about the market because of the interest rates and what it's what it's done and how fast it's gone. You know, to the point that you know to the levels that they are based on last year when they were nothing. Yeah, free money. Yep. Uh, So tell tell us a little bit about who Jordan Duckett is. Why should people listen to you? Yeah. Why, Why do you? what's your street cred man (laughs) street cred so i have been i feel like i have kind of a unique experience um in the lending world because i've been not only in mortgage in the mortgage side um but i've done commercial uh lending i've done construction lending i've done car loans i've done boat loans i've done pretty much any loan that you can think of home equity lines of credit um i've done so I kind of have a, a broad picture, a broad scope of all lending and how it, how it works and how it ties together and rates and the Fed rate versus mortgage rates and and all of that. Um, I have a good grasp and I feel like I can explain it to people on a more basic level to where they're not, uh, they can understand, but they don't need to know all the nuances that go into it. So anyway, I've been doing lending for about 15 years, 12 to 12, uh, yeah, 12 to 15 years with all of that, you know, mixed in between, right? Commercial and construction and, and, and mortgage lending. So, um, yeah, so just been doing it a long time and have a lot of experience with different types of, of loans. And, uh, so yeah, a lot of times when people talk to me, they have questions about building with a builder. They have questions about building a custom home. They have questions about, you know, all that. And I can kind of walk them through all of it. So, so you might know what you're talking about a little bit bit. yeah okay a little bit yeah i don't know don't know everything right but uh but yeah as far as like actually doing loans and structuring them the right way and all that i'm I'm pretty good at that so you're a loan whisperer i honestly would say honestly this is more this may be more of a personal trait than it is a like loan trait but i am a problem solver i like when I mean, I don't like problems. Nobody loves when a problem comes up on a loan, but I've been really, really good at solving problems when they do arise and finding a way to still make the loan work, whether it's income issues or credit issues or house issues, right? With like the the construction or, or whatever, I've usually been able to find a way to make it work with the builder and with the buyer and with or the seller, right? If it's not a builder, um, to where it works for everybody. So I really am. I've, and I've always kind of been that way 
been good at solving problems. I like Loan Whisperer. Yeah. It's way cooler. The Loan Whisperer, But problem yeah, solving, works. people get it. Yes. It's like you can yes. make a loan do what it needs to do I can make it do what it needs to do. And make it work for people. Well, I've yep. seen that. I've seen yep. that for sure. Um, well, let's just kind of do a high level, deep level, whatever level of the market as we see it right now. I mean, generally, because I know you, you come in, and for those that are just jumping on, uh, I'm an agent for Arrive Homes. And Jordan is with Security National Mortgage, who is our preferred lender. So they visit us every week at our sales meetings and give us a kind of a, a snapshot, a pulse on the market. And it's I've been doing this five years, and it's still hard for me to understand. So for the yeah. not the average Joe, because that's very insulting, but anyone out there that's doing this, help them maybe see why maybe it's not as dark as it might seem. Yeah. If one watches the news. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the market, the way that it is right now. So kind of Brian alluded to this at the beginning that we went from rates where it was free money, um, literally pretty much free money, to now where rates are you know as high as they've ever been in most people's lifetime. Is right? this the highest it's been since you've been doing this? Yeah, yeah. It's the highest that it's been since I've been doing it. Um, <clears throat> and, and, and honestly, right, like I'd say, you, you're going to hear from the you know, older generation that say, man, I remember when rates were 15% or 20%. We were happy and, about them. Yeah, and we were super happy about it. Yeah. But, but right, you, you always go back and say, well, yeah, but your purchase price was $90,000, right? So that is true, right? Rates have been higher historically. Um, but a combination of rates being as low as they were, like lower, almost lowest in history, and then going to about as high as they've been, right? All within a matter of a year-ish time frame, while purchase prices are still high, it is, it's been tough, right? It's been really, really tough. So I work with some people that are in the market or have been in this business for 30 plus years and they've never seen anything like this. Right? Can I ask a question? Let me back up a little. Yeah. Because we talk about those rates back in the 80s when they were 15, 16, 17%. Right. Purchase prices were lower. A lot lower, yeah. I wonder if it was the same pain point that people are feeling now. Yeah. If it was the same back then. I, I think a lot. Yeah. I think it was a lot similar, right? Uh, payments weren't nearly as high, but incomes weren't nearly as high, right? You found someone making six figures back then. And that was like, they were very, very well off right now, you know, making six figures isn't so crazy anymore. A lot of people do, or there's combined income between husband and wife and they, they're able to make that or more. So, I think it's I think it's comparable, um, but yeah, with the purchase price, the 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 cost of homes being what they are now, it does make it uh, it makes it difficult, right, for first time home buyers and, and all that. But and we're gonna go through things that 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 the government's come out with or Utah in general has come out with to help first time home buyers and and, and other buyers. But um, all of that being said, right, it sounds scary, sounds crazy, but the truth is. Um, real estate in Utah is a very, very safe investment, right? People are talking about, oh man, you know, uh, rates are so high, prices are going to come down, right? And Brian can speak to this, right? He works for a big, probably one of the bigger builders, top five biggest builders in the state. Purchase price, like home costs have not come down that dramatically since this rate you know, hike has happened. Right. And here's my biggest concern for, for the market in general is that rates are going to come down. They are right. It, 
I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know, you know, any of that. And nobody does. So if anyone's telling you exactly that they know exactly when rates are going to come down, they don't. But the fact is that the Fed is doing what they're doing, raising the Fed rate and doing all that stuff to try and curb inflation, to try and lower inflation, right? Um, And to slow down spending, economic spending, so that rates can get to a more reasonable space or a reasonable range. So it's certain that rates will come down. And my biggest concern for the market, especially Utah, is that at that point when rates start to come down, are we going to go back to 2021 where there's a gigantic pinch for there's not a lot of inventory out there. A lot of people that have that bought homes and refinanced are at 2%. They still don't want to sell, right? And builders got nervous about 2022 and 2023 with rates being high. So they didn't build as much as much they didn't put as much inventory in the market and then all of a sudden we're flooded with people that have to buy or you know or want to buy that now that rates have come down that scares me that scares me that we go back to 2021 where it's just bidding wars and paying over ask and all of that stuff because in utah of all states we need houses we need a lot of houses and, and we still don't have the number of houses that we need right and people are just waiting on the fences right now for rates to come down. And when they do, you know, it's going to be, a, I, I think it's a much worse market then than it is now. There's a saying, right? That it says, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. I don't know. <laughs> was that a Dave Ramsey thing? He said, I don't know if he said those exact words, but he said the rates 2% buy the house, the rates 8% buy the house and refinance. Right? Like he was basically saying like, if, if you're, Get in the game. Yeah, yeah. Get in the real estate game, right? Because event. I mean, it's going to go up, right? It's it's the real estate will go up in Utah. Honestly, it doesn't necessarily matter when you buy it, right? Everybody freaks out about two thousand eight, right? And that's what they keep bringing up with with what's going on now. Everyone's the people that are waiting, right? Are saying, "Oh, I'm just waiting for another two thousand eight to happen. I'm waiting for the crash, right? And housing prices will tumble twenty plus percent, and then I'll jump in and buy, right?" I've been hearing that for the last like five years, six years, maybe even. So it's because like, it's like a t- it was a 10 year window and everyone seems to think that every 10 years, something like that's going to happen. Is that right? What you're- yeah. I mean, uh, and a recession, I do think a recession is likely going to happen, right? An economic recession. The difference is 2008 was a real estate based recession. Like real estate was kind of the driving force in putting us into a recession because of subprime lending and, you know, mortgage lenders, <laughs> really, there wasn't a lot of, you know, that you, you hear the, if, if you had a heartbeat, you could get a loan. And that was kind of true back then. I mean, it was the wild, wild west. But now, I mean, Brian knows this and anyone who, who's listening here who's recently gotten a home loan, right? It's never been harder to qualify for a home ever. So the people that are qualifying now really do qualify right? It's the, the, so it's a very different type of, you know, situation. Whereas in 2008, we had tons of people that bought a bunch of houses that they never qualified for, right? That's why there were, you know, foreclosures and short sales and all that stuff. All so, the, lo- the loan mod programs. Yeah, loan modifications, all, all that stuff. So yeah, could there be a recession? Sure. I think there probably will be. But do I think it's going to be real estate based? Yeah, somewhat, right? In Utah? Not really, right? Not really. Because this again, it's, it, you know, supply and demand, supply and demand. We have very low supply, even worse now that builders were scared 
for 2023, right? So, let's let's talk about everyone's hearing this three two one of the two one buy downs. Can you pretend we're six years old and, and explain that? Yeah, yeah. Um, first off, I, I Austin maybe sorry, eight maybe eight years old maybe eight. Uh, our branch manager the other day said something. He said, I, Jordan, I honestly think, I think you've sold more two, one buy downs than any, any lender in the, in the nation, right? Certainly in the state. And I think he's probably right. Uh, because I see such a value to this product and the builders that I work with arrive homes and others. Um, they also see the value. Um, they see the, the, the cost save the cost savings that it has for the builder and then the dramatic payment savings that it has for the buyer. And therefore, right, you're, you're killing two birds with one stone, right? Builders don't want to drop their, their sales prices right now. They've dropped some, like we said in the beginning, you know, but, but people think they've dropped dramatically that we see numbers all the time. I think we've seen like a one to 2% price reduction nationwide. Um, and that's nothing right. Compared to, and we went from the hottest market ever to, you know, rates in 8% range, seven, 8% range, right? You would think we would see a 20% reduction in purchase price. We haven't, right? So um, anyway, so two one buy down. Here's what most lenders are doing right now is when rates were really, really low, we were specializing in zero, no cost refinances and just or no cost purchases, right? You could come in and say, hey, I'm going to buy a home. We could roll in all of the closing costs or hey, I'm going to refinance my loan, my, my loan on my home. We're going to roll in all the closing costs and still get you a rate in the twos, right? Mid to high twos. So a rate buy down or, a, or, or an origination fee or whatever, we weren't really doing that back then because it wasn't like you didn't really need to pay any extra money to get a low rate. They were already low, right? The market that we're in now, right? Rate is the number one issue for buyers. They think when they're buying a house, rate, 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 right? So what lenders out there are doing is they're preying upon the, you know, the the fear points of the of the buyer and saying, okay, their fear is rate. I'll show them a low rate, right? So when they come to the lender and say, hey, what rate can I get? The lender will immediately quote a, the lowest rate they can see on their pricing sheet, which typically is a 2%, you know, 3% in points buy down. So if you're buying a $500,000 house, it's $5,000 per point, right? So if you're doing a two point buy down, 2%, and this is in cost, not in rate, right? So this is, pro- this is probably the hardest thing for anyone to ever understand about mortgage rates is that there are costs associated with every single rate that they pick. A lot of people call me and say, what's the rate today, right? There is no such thing as the rate today, right? For, for everybody, right? Totally different for everyone's scenario, right? Depending on your credit score, your down payment, all that stuff, right? It all factors into quali- to, to show what rates, plural, right? That you could qualify for. And then when you're looking at the pricing sheet, you can get really whatever rate that you want. There's just a cost associated to it. So I could get somebody 4% today, right? It would just cost them $50,000, right? And then we'd have the discussion of, wow, does it make sense to pay $50,000 right now up front? Just to lower my That payment. you'll never get back to lower your payment $400 a month? No, it doesn't, right? It'd take 20 something years to, to break even on that, on that investment. So so that's important to know, right? I, I, I'm trying to explain it simply. I haven't gotten into the two one buy down yet, but 
rates in general, I, I say they're like a stock, right? People understand that more. Like if I go online right now and want to buy Tesla stock, there's a price to it today. Might be different from yesterday and tomorrow, right? There's a price to it today. Same thing with rates, right? So again, a lot of people, a lot of lenders out there are saying, hey, pay, get this rate, right? This rate, it's, it's the cheapest, it, you know, you're, it's the lowest rate, right? Like the value is only in the rate. Yes, they're, they're pushing lowest rate, lowest rate, lowest rate. I, on the other hand, have a different philosophy. And I say, do you believe that rates are going to come down? And they all say, oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course I do. That's why I'm buying right now. I feel like if I buy right now, I'm getting a better purchase price and I can refinance later and rates will come down. And I say, great, I totally agree with you, right? So then I say, well, then does it make sense to pay $10,000 of a sunken cost, right? Money that's not coming back to you for a rate or for a loan that you're not keeping, right? That's not a permanent loan for you. Well, no, yeah, no, it doesn't make sense at all, right? And I say, I agree with you. Let me talk to you about this other product. Two, one, buy down, three, two, one, buy down, right? Getting into the basics of this product, right? So two, one, buy down, the two and the one stand for 2% lower basically for the first year and then 1% lower for the second year of the loan. So let's say today the rate is 7% that they, that they want to start with, right? 7% rate. That means the first year their rate will be 5%. The second year their rate will be 6%. And then on the third year, only on the third year through the 30th year, right? Their rate would go to that 7%. And why does this make sense, right? It's like, okay, that's, it's a temporary buy down, right? Would it, would it not make more sense to pay the 10,000, you know, and get it, get a fixed buy down. So here's where the real benefit of this program comes in. Most of the time you can get a seller or a builder, right? Who is a seller still, right? But whoever to pay for this two, one buy down for the, for you as the buyer, right? Because they're motivated to sell houses, right? So let's just say the amount the, the the amount that it would cost for to buy to get this product a two one buy down was fifteen thousand dollars. You essentially make your offer to the seller or to the builder. Say I'll pay you X amount of money for this house, but I want you to give me fifteen thousand dollars seller credit, builder credit, whatever, to fund a two one buy down for me, right? What do we do with that money? We take that fifteen thousand dollars, and we put it into a separate escrow account. I call it, I just say a savings account because people understand that better than escrow account. We basically take it and put it in a separate savings account within your loan, right? So it's not somewhere randomly. It's within your loan. And that money on a monthly basis pays the difference in interest between a seven and a 5% rate. So if the monthly savings between a 7% rate and a 5% rate is $600 a month, let's say then $600 a month would be taken out of that 15,000 out of that account each month, every month until right until it was gone, right? The benefit of this product, the biggest benefit to me is everybody believes rates are coming down in the next year to two years, right? So this is a two year product, right? So that the quicker that we can refinance, so if rates come down, let's say this person closes at seven, rates come down, they're, they're at six or high fives, right, in a year, then we can refinance after that first year or in eight months or nine, whenever they want to refinance, right? And whatever money is left over in that escrow account, in that separate savings account that we, that we funded for them, comes back to them. Doesn't go back to the builder, doesn't go back to the seller. It's not wasted, it's not a sunken cost like, like we talked about before with a permanent buy down, right? It's a, it comes back to them, 
right? And it, we, my plan is, right, that we will then use that money to pay for a refinance for them, right? So my thought is, you know, if, if they believe that, that rates are coming down and I tell them, hey, of course I'm the mortgage guy, I'm going to say that, right? And I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true, but it's hard to believe everything a mortgage guy says about mortgages, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, the sales guy's going to tell you whatever he wants. Right. That, yeah, that was so, my next question. So I say, go online, go research it, go look, any, go Google, whatever. What's going to happen to mortgage rates in the next year, two years, whatever. Every single time they've come back to me and say, yeah, I mean, you're right, right? It looks like the project, again, nobody knows, right? Can't be, can't guarantee that. You no, know, my crystal ball was taken away from me when I started this. T- yeah, yeah, right. No one knows, but the projections are, the expectations are that they will come down. So, so then we go back over and say, okay, do you want to pay $10,000 that you'll never get back and get a rate that's half of a percent better than the going rates here, a six and a half instead of seven, or do you want to have the seller give you $15,000, right? Put that in a separate account, get 2% better rate instead of a half percent. So you're at 5% instead of seven and then refinance in a year and still have five or $6,000 left over there to cover the cost of a refinance. What do you want? And they're, I mean, it's a no brainer, right? Yeah, at that pre- point. Prepaid, prepaid closing costs for the next time. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, again, Builders and sellers are motivated to do it because it doesn't. It's not a fifty thousand dollar price reduction. It's a fifteen thousand dollar seller credit. But what it does for the buyer, right? It takes their payment down six hundred to a thousand to whatever you know dollars per month. So it's a gigantic monthly payment savings for the client, for the buyer. So right? it just allows more cushion in the beginnings that someone right could get into that we otherwise wouldn't. Correct. Yeah. Right. And so that. So that. Yeah. Good point. A lot of people say, well, what if rates don't come down? Right. What if they never do? What if they go up to 12? Then I say, okay, then on your third year, you would be at 7%, right? Third year through the 30th year. And they're like, yeah, yep, that makes sense. And I'm like, well, wouldn't you have been at 7% today anyway? And they say, yeah, yep, you would be right. Had you, if you closed today and put no, and didn't buy the rate down or anything like that, you'd be at 7% today anyway. So you're, it's not so like your be- rate's going to get worse than it would have been today. It's just you're giving yourself a two-year window to what you could say one way or the other, to either give yourself an opportunity to refinance or to ramp up into your payment, right? Your payment's 5% for this year. You get your annual 6% income wage, you know, wait, you know, whatever pay increase, right, from your job. It would probably ramp up to, to cover the extra cost that you'd have on your mortgage, right, if rates did not come down. So... The way I see it is your worst case scenario is your rate is what it would have been today anyway. Right. And now is the three, two, one basically is similar. Yeah. Three, two, one buy down. This one we do less often just because the, the cost, the upfront cost is about double okay. of what a two, one buy down is. And I say double for the seller, right? So for the builder or for the, the seller of the home, they're less inclined to do these because it's, you know, costs more like $30,000 instead of $15,000 to get one of these. But the way that would work is it's, yeah, it's same exact principle, but instead of 2% lower, it's 3% lower for the first year, then 2% lower for the second, then 1% lower for the third. And then on the fourth year through the 30th year, they'd go back to the, that daily rate that they chose originally. So. Okay. That makes sense. Sorry. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot of information, but yeah, honestly, it's, it's a, uh, 
it, the product it just make again i i do a it makes lot sense and that's the most sense it's made to me and all the times you try to explain it so yeah it's a it really is i think the product is just tailor-made for the market that we're in right now rates are high they're not expected to remain high it kind of just checks all of the pain points for the client and for the builder seller well my next question was like you know what other financial products can help a new buyer get into a home but, but maybe that's it right now by uh, far the best product right, right now is by far the best product in my opinion right now to help people get into a home and, and most people end up qualifying you know for the loan they qualify for more than they're comfortable for so there's a very different uh there's very different there's a huge difference between what a person qualifies for and what they're comfortable with right so I can qualify someone up to f- almost 50% of their their gross monthly income, right? But most people aren't comfortable there, right? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I agree with that. So a lot of times, though, that's where these two, two, two one buy-downs or three two one buy-downs come in. And you say, hey, I can qualify you at the higher rate, but you're, you're likely never going to get there, right? You're going to likely refinance between your two or three or three and what three and four right on the three two one buy down to where you'll never actually be there right so we're helping them qualify but their their rate or their pay, monthly payment is back into their comfort level does that make sense yeah yeah so it kind of again it just it just seems to mark and check all the boxes for all parties these these products but there are others like so for first-time home buyers right there's a People have probably heard about this. It's been kind of all over the news and, and uh, yeah, in Utah specifically, Utah has come out with a $20,000 first-time homebuyer grant. So for anyone who's a first-time homebuyer, they can get this grant from, from the state of Utah and they pair it with a Utah housing product, which is a Utah house, housing is a loan product that we've been doing for a long, long time, um, which allows zero down you know, loans, right? Zero down payment. Um, but now instead of just zero down payment, it's actually their funding. The state of Utah will give $20,000 toward the buyer's down payment, right? Is that a grant or is it something that has to be paid back? Yeah. Either or, um, okay. there's, there's, you can kind of do it either way. Um, but there's stipulations. So if you do it as a grant, then you, then there's stipulations for how long you have to live there and keep that loan. If you do it as, you know, not as a grant, right. As a, as a, uh, like as a loan, like a second, or yeah, kind of like a loan. There's no payment due on the loan, but when you sell it or move or whatever, you have to pay back a certain portion of it. It's prorated for however many years you keep it, right? So basically doing the same thing, just giving someone. And there's a rate. There's a like a, a ceiling on the home value, right? Like yeah, four fifty. So, yep. It's so like a townhome. Yeah. So this is again. Condo. This is very much geared toward first time home buyers, and builders will love this if there's builders listening to this. I mean. It, it's tailor-made for builders. So this only works. They're only allowed to do it's new to get this grant for new construction. So it's like, I mean, it's a builder's heaven, right? And it's, it, it, I think a lot of people think, okay, this is just to help home buyers, right? But really, this is to motivate home builders. The way I see it, this is 100% to, to motivate home builders and city councils and, you know, all those types of government agencies to approve lower cost housing, right? And, and, and to motivate builders to build 
and sell lower price point housing. Uh, because in Utah, we really struggle with that. We don't have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of first time home buyers that now, again, like we talked about earlier with rates where they are and, you know, house prices where they are, they just can't qualify for a single family home. They have to buy a townhome or a condo and we're very limited on what we have. Yeah. Cause they're and going that, up everywhere. Yeah. Townhomes and condos. Yeah. Yeah. But they sell like yeah. crazy. And, and now, and now even more, yeah, they're, they're, they're more affordable. Now they'll sell even, even faster, right. Uh, with grants like this. So yeah, that's, that's a great product. Um, you have to kind of fit, right. Brian said, it, I mean, purchase price has to be, there has to be new construction. So there are some things that like you have to fit into their box, but if you do, it's a great product. So. Another cool thing that you guys have shared with us in the last couple of months was the, um, buyers either on an existing home or new construction using if they put a if they build a an accessory apartment or it has an accessory apartment using future rent as part of their qualification process is that like an like an official program or is it just is there a name for it or is that just because that's a phenomenal in fact i got i've got one under contract right now that because of that because of that yeah yeah um not necessarily, I don't know if it has a, a name to it, but it's Freddie Mac. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are the two names that you hear most often, right? When you're talking about loans, they're the conventional loan. I always just say sponsors because they're not government entities. They're not owned by the government, but kind of, you know, yeah, the government helps them. The government makes sure that they're not going anywhere, right? So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are the, the agencies, the companies that buy all of convention, all the conventional loans that any lender does, right? So if I do a conventional loan, if someone down the street at a different mortgage company does a conventional loan, they end up getting sold off to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, right? Um, so Freddie Mac came out with, they changed their guideline to allow in certain, in certain circumstances to allow ADU accessory dwelling units, so basement apartments. Sometimes they're, you know, mainly basement, but some people have actually built like cool lofts, right? Like up upstairs that apartments that are closed off and stuff like that. Um, essentially, yeah, you can now use that rental income from your basement apartment or whatever to help qualify you for the loan. So, say you make eight thousand dollars a month right? You're charging $2,000 a month in basement rent. Your, your qualifying income would then be right. $10,000. You'd have $8,000 for your actual, from your actual job and $2,000 of, uh, you know, ADU income that you would be able to count toward or as qualifying income to qualify you. So super awesome. I mean, again, this, this one I believe is, is more to motivate and to help buyers. Again, we talked about the, the grant. I think that was to motivate builders to build cheaper homes so that buyers can benefit. Sure. I think it's both, but it's clear that they're only allowing it for new construction and and all that. This product, however, I think is to help maybe first time home buyers that are buying, that can afford a single family home, but it's, it's, it's pretty tight and they're okay. They only have one kid or maybe no kids and they're okay renting out the basement for a little bit until they, you know, grow and start making more money, all that, this can help them a ton get into a bigger home that they won't have to necessarily get out of, you know, like a townhome or a condo. Once they start having children, they could maybe just stop renting out the basement. Right. At that point. 
what is is there a timeline like for example the buyer that i have that's under contract the home it's got another three months two to three months until it's completed mm-hmm. with this program does he have to get a renter in there like at, at, by a certain time frame and then if they do do they have to keep them in there for a certain time frame. So we have to, we do have to, well, so we can do it one way or the other. So we can get a, a lease agreement. That's usually the best way is to, as they do, you know, they, they market the property, advertise the basement and they get an official lease agreement signed. Um, and if they do that, then we just use the lease agreement, obviously. Um, if they don't, then what we can do is we can, um, on the appraisal, and we may even do this anyway, even if we have a, a lease agreement. On the appraisal, we would get um, a market rent analysis, right? So I think it's an extra $150 that you pay on the appraisal. And the, and the appraiser will then evaluate homes in the neighborhood or basement rental apartments or whatever in the, in the area and give us an estimated value or, or income that you could receive from it. So you don't necessarily have to have a lease agreement. If you don't, then we're going to do the appraisal and go off of that. If you do have a lease agreement, we'll typically just go off that lease agreement for your income. I think it's I think it's a phenomenal little program for sure. It's great. It's great. Okay, generally speaking, I have this theory that people are panicked because they watch the news. And the news is designed to scare yep. and divide and create headlines itself or clicks. So how does somebody, in terms of getting into the real estate market, truly educate themselves? Yeah. Aside from shut the news off, yeah. Am I wrong there? No, no, not really. I I I wish I could say that the news was accurate, but it's not. And even when it is, it's delayed, severely delayed. I can't tell you how many times. So rates again, like we talked about earlier, it's like a stock, right? It's every day, every it could multiple times a day. You know, we can see rates go up and down and all over the place, and we have especially the last couple of years been roller coaster rides where they they get better during the middle or the beginning of the day and then they get worse at, by way worse by the end of the day. So so you just have to watch the market, but I can't tell you how many times that I've had somebody call me and say, "Hey, I I saw that rates got better." Right? And I'll say, "Where did you see that?" They're like, "Well, I just pulled up Google and it was one of like the top 4 stories that mortgage rates had dropped." And I'm like, "Well, that was 4 days ago." Right, because since then they've skyrocketed and they're now up, you know, a half of a percent higher than they were before that. So four article. days is is an eternity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in typical mortgage world, not necessarily rates hadn't always been this volatile, but right now, absolutely. I mean, from day to day, it can be completely different, right? So, so what someone sees on Google is not at all what is could be not at all what's happening right now, right? When they're when they're talking, so. To answer the question, honestly, it's talk to Brian and talk to Jordan. Right? Talk to a human. Talk, I always say that talk, to you. Talk to a human. Talk to someone who's in the like in the industry. In the trenches. Yeah, and, and of course you're gonna, and that's even. I'm even totally fine to say take what we say with a grain of salt, right? Because and do your own homework. Yeah, because you're a sell. You're a you're a realtor for a builder, and I'm a lender, right? So of course you know we're some aspect of what we say is going to be geared toward helping someone buy a home, right? Because that. You know, but I would say I know Brian and Brian knows me well enough. I'm not going to tell anyone to do anything that I wouldn't do. Right. I truly wouldn't. I do not tell people to do anything that I wouldn't do. Um, so 
so yeah, I think talking to someone and, and we talk through a lot of the things we're talking about right now, I'd ask them the question, what do you think is going to happen with rates? And almost every person I've asked that they say, well, I think they're going to come down and that's why I'm looking, right? So they're scared. They're really scared about the market today. But every time I ask them, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, I think their rates are going to come down and that's why I'm interested now. So then we go, okay, so how can we, how can we make purchasing a home now, even though rates are high, make sense? And they're like, well, I can buy my rate down. I talked to another lender and they said I could get six and a half if I paid $12,000 for it. And I say, okay, yeah, that's great. What if I told you, you could get five and a half, pay nothing for it, have the seller give it to you and your rate would be five and a half. It wouldn't be for 30 years, just be for the first year. It'd be five and a half. What do you think? Oh, that would be awesome. Well, what if rates, what if rates go up? Well, I would just refinance, right? So they, I don't even have to talk about the product. They just, they know the steps that they would go through. Okay. If I bought it now and you know, whatever year two, year three, whatever, I would refinance and I would get out of that loan. So then, then when I start explaining the details of a two, one buy down or a three, two, one buy down, whatever, they already know the idea behind it. And they basically spelled it out for me. Right. So it, it's, it's, it's an interesting market, but I really, really do believe that we'll look back five years from now and say, man, and I heard someone say this, they said this in 2008, in 2008, if you would have, you know, five years later after 2008, if you would have looked back, you would have said, I wish I had bought more real estate. Right. Even though if, if you, in 2008, you would have said that to someone, they would have been like, you are crazy. Real estate is absolutely tanking. Like it may go to zero, right? Uh, houses may be worth nothing. Obviously it would never go to zero, but you know what I mean? Everyone was freaked, but looking, you know, five years later, you, if you were to look back, absolutely. You should have bought more real estate. If you, if you had the means, you should have bought as much real estate as you possibly could have between 2008 and 2012. Yeah. Right. Cause everything was on sale. Everything was either foreclosed or short sell or way lower. Right. I mean, you know, five years later it had already rebounded and then not to mention what it is now, right? What, what those homes are worth now, even though, right, we're in a high rate market mar- rates or prices have come down a little bit. It's nowhere near what those people bought it for in 2008 and 2012. So I think we're really, we, we really will in five years look back and say, yeah, I remember when rates were high, but still should have bought more real estate. Cool, man. Uh, thank you so much for, I think that was a, a huge nugget of understanding for me. So I hope it was for anyone listening. How can people find you if they wanted, uh, if they have more questions? Talk to Brian. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, but really though, Brian obviously has my information. Um, yeah, I don't know if you, will you post like my, I will post it on the show number, phone Mm -hmm. number and email. And if you have um, social media, I can do it all in the show notes. Yeah, I can, I'll share my social media and and my phone number and and email mainly text and, and phone call. Um, an email is what I deal with most. It's what people, how people communicate me with me the best. So, um, yeah, I always have my cell phone with me. I, uh, again, I'm not, I'm not a pressure guy, I'm not a pressure salesy guy. If you have a good product, it kind of sells itself. Yeah. Well, and if, if they have a need, right. If, yeah, if, yeah. They, if they have a need and they really, really do need to get out of their house. Cause I've got five kids now and I'm in a town home and I need like, it, it is what it is. You got to move, right. You, you, you can't, they're not going to live in that. It's not sustainable. Right. So I'm not going to try and sell anyone something or force someone to do something they don't, they don't want to do, but 
usually when we can talk them through again, all the things we just talked about, they are so excited at the end when they get off a phone call, they're like, Oh my gosh. Cause the other agent, not Brian and the other lender, not Jordan, right? They didn't talk to them about a two, one buy down or they didn't talk to them about the first time home buyer product or whatever. So after they get off the phone with us, it's like they heard something totally new and now their payment that they've been Googling, right? I'm Googling what's my payment going to be at 8% of this, whatever is now $900 less per month. So it's doable now. Yeah. And now they're like, Oh my gosh, like now I can do this. Right. So yeah, I'd say just call us, uh, get a hold of us somehow. It, it doesn't, it's not it's as worth crazy. a phone call. I always say at a minimum, it's worth a phone call. Yeah. It's not as crazy of a market as you think. Yeah, it is right now. Okay. Thank you. Uh, loan whisper market whisper. <laughs> I appreciate whisper. your it's a time. Yeah. That's what yeah. you are. Okay, man. Love thanks. It. Thanks guys. Thank you again for listening to The Parish The Thought Show. We know you have many podcast options and appreciate that you have chosen us. If you love what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. And don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. If you hate what you hear, only tell us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from The Parish The Thought Show.